and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 227. My name is Emily Rainbow Davis. We are here in November, eight months into the pandemic, y'all. It's really uh, sucky. It's sucky. Uh, And I have for you today more stuff about masks, because I guess that is literally all I have to think about. (laughs) I was like, why did, why am, I just feel like, I haven't written anything like I really like connect to in a while. It's all this stuff about masks, and then there's more stuff about masks, and, and, and so here's going to be some more stuff about masks, because Guess what? There's no theater, and uh, and I'm a theater maker, so <clears throat> I guess since masks are my, you know, uh, one of my special interests in the theater, it's like that's where I'm putting my my theater brain, which is just kind of spinning out a little bit, like I haven't sat in a theater in so long, I can't go on. So I'm going to just think about costume pieces. That's what's happening. Anyway, thank you for, for listening. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and, and read this one to you. Just going to give you some fair warning, though. There is some uh, some gender essentialism on display here. Uh, it's mostly for effect. I, I, I kind of don't believe in any of these things. Um, but... You know, sometimes you got to exaggerate to make your point, right? Anyway, uh, so without further ado, here is, is this why men won't wear masks? I have cracked it. I understand why so many men are so reluctant to wear their masks. I understand entirely. There's quite a bit of reporting about this gender gap in mask wearing. I'm going to lean into some binary generalizations here for effect, but gender is a spectrum, and I know these things aren't true for everyone. I solved this mask mystery at a cafe where I witnessed a man in a Batman mask attempting to make a joke to the barista. When she didn't get it, he just repeated it. He repeated it, at exactly the same volume and with the same intonation. I couldn't hear a word of it myself, I was a sufficient distance away, but I could hear the rhythm and the volume. He tried again, but he finally gave up when she said, I'm sorry, I can't hear you because of the mask. He was clearly very frustrated by the situation and seemed to feel the problem was with his listener, not with his speaking. He could not even conceive of having to adjust his own communication for the benefit of another. And it occurs to me that the masks create a limitation that many men have never had to deal with before. Here's a big generalization about gender, but still a pattern I've noticed. Most women have grown up in a world wherein they are only sporadically heard or paid attention to. We learn to adjust our speech to the person we are attempting to communicate with. When you're used to not being heard, 
it means you learn to try a multitude of strategies to get your point across. It means you will shift your volume, your intonation, your emphasis, your word choice, or your physicality in order to be heard. If I tell a woman, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you, she is likely to respond by either changing word choice or by repeating what she said with a variation that will improve the likelihood of my getting it. When I say this to a man, I usually just get the same thing he said before, in exactly the same way he said it before. This can go on three to five times before he'll finally use a different word, intonation, volume, or emphasis. I can't tell you the number of times I've said, sorry, still no. Nope, still not getting it. I heard the first part, but what's the second? One more time? Nope. I'm not saying all women are perfect paragons of communication. We are not. But I do think we are, very generally, more accustomed to not being heard or understood and making the necessary adjustments. We are also used to working pretty hard to understand what men are saying. In this patriarchal world, our very survival can depend on our quickly understanding what a man has said. But the masks make this whole dynamic much more difficult. The benefit of being quickly understood is lost behind a mask. No one can read the extra cues and clues. We really just have the words and volume and tone with which they are spoken. So many men, used to having most people understand them, are suddenly unable to make their needs known. They can't make a joke at the cafe. They can't order a coffee. They fail once and get frustrated with either their listeners or their masks. They don't yet have the adaptive skill of just adjusting their volume or their diction or changing the words. For a certain variety of man, it's just easier to not wear a mask at all. He prefers it to not being understood. He'd rather risk his life and the lives of all the people around him than not be understood. Theater guys aren't like this in this arena. They know how to deal with the limitation of a costume piece. And actors know that if someone says they can't hear you, that that means you have to speak more loudly and clearly. Sometimes it feels like that's half of theater training, just learning to adjust your volume and diction for the circumstances. This guy in the coffee shop was not a theater guy. This guy in the coffee shop was clearly concerned about maintaining a certain macho aura. He's part of a tribe that was forged in toxic masculinity and probably the sort that takes offense at the very concept of toxic masculinity. You know the kind. The ones that don't understand that the toxic is there to describe a variety of masculinity, not masculinity itself. In a man less hemmed in by toxic masculinity, this experience might make him more empathetic to the experience of people who have struggled to be heard their whole lives. But for some, it's just easier to posture like Mr. Tough Guy, a guy who's too tough for viruses, who won't get sick, no sir. So I'm actually a little bit proud of the guy in the Batman mask who was clearly straining against the bounds of his mask, who scoffed 
at the barista's repeated question about whether he wanted milk in his coffee because he's a tough guy and he takes it a manly black and how could she not understand that about him? But he kept that mask on and he did not give up, even though I know it was hard for him. Sometimes I feel like getting a roll of gold star stickers and giving them out to people who are clearly having a hard time but are doing the right thing anyway. I'd give that guy a gold star because he was learning a hard lesson right there in the cafe. And he kept that mask on and he figured out how to simplify his communication so he could get what he wanted. He surrendered his usual strategy of trying to joke with young women in service and just got on with things. Just getting on with things is all most of us want to do right now. And if you're a man struggling to communicate through your mask, try changing your volume, your diction, your intonation, or your words until you get your point across. If you don't know how to do those things, find a theater guy. He'll know how to do it. And when you figure it out, I will give you a gold star. So I had a couple of fun Twitter exchanges uh, about this particular post. Uh, One woman who's a a middle grade novel writer, whose book I loved, by the way, um, she reflected back that she had experienced the sort of discrepancy between adjusting speech when she was hiring ESL teachers which I found fascinating, that, that uh, it took a certain quality that, that men basically had to have had experience with learning a, another language that wasn't their own uh, in order to like be able to do the job, <laughs> which is fascinating. I just found that fascinating. Um, yeah, so and and just I think we brought up some stuff for her about not being listened to and not being heard um, over the years, and uh, it's it's a it's a hot one. It's a hot hot topic. Hot topic. Um, yeah, but I think there's something there's something just about putting this limitation on everyone that boils things down to a weird basicness. I don't know. Like one of the things about this exchange that with the guy in the Batman mask and the and the woman who worked at the cafe was like how how expected the flirting was. Like I mean it was a joke, but it was clearly just an attempt to to flirt with the with the woman in service and there's a way where before all this happened Mostly women felt like they had to indulge that behavior. Um, like, not that you can't make a joke. Like, I know there are certainly some some folks who are like, but I, but I like to joke with people. That's not what it is. It's like, it's not, it's not the joke. We all, I like a joke. We like to joke. Like, there's like joking and then there's this kind of enforced... <sighs> I don't know how to describe it. Enforced flirting, especially for women in service, I think, where you have to, like, play along, even if it's no fun for you. Um, My friend Sarah made an amazing uh, theater piece about, or it was a dance piece, actually, about this 
sort of um, need to respond to this kind of thing. It was called customer service, I do believe. And it was amazing. Just like the the need to flirt back, even if it's not at all what you want to be doing. <laughs> um, so I think like with this limitation on being understood, there's a certain, uh, I don't know, you you can't get away with some of the stuff you used to get away with, I think is what it is for, for a guy like this. Um, you know, that it, it's clearly frustrating and very hard for them, and I, I'm sure it sucks. But I guess what I'm interested in is this kind of uh, boiled-down quality that seems to happen with communication. Um, I've had some jokes. I've managed to joke with a few people, you know, even with the masks on, and I don't know them. It takes a little while. You can't. It's just not as quick. You can't... Um, like it just takes longer to connect with people, I think, when you're wearing a mask, and and I think it does it does start to shift communication, and uh, some people can handle it, and some cannot. That's what I'm that's what I'm wondering, I suppose, is if if that is actually what is stopping so many men. Really, I I I don't know. The men in my life, you know, wear their masks and they're fine and they're good. Um, but I think that there's a certain kind of, mm, there's a certain kind of dude who just is like, nope, you can't, you can't stop me flirting. No, sir. <laughs> even, even with people who definitely don't want to be flirted with. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that, that's all that business. Um, and uh, for the song, I, I was trying to think about uh, songs that are, you know, about not being heard, um, since that's sort of what most people are responding to um, in this thing. And, uh, and I realized, like, almost every song I ever wrote is about that. There's a degree to, you know, I, I feel like I've been talking about not being heard, like, mostly. That's mostly what I do. So I thought I should go back into my own back catalog here to pull out some, um, I don't have the words, no one knows what I'm talking about, I've frustrated type of songs. And then there are a lot of them. Um, the, the, the most appropriate wa- is a song called Points, which I'm not actually going to put here. I was going to, but then I looked back to see if I had ever used it before on the, on the blogcast. And I have, and fairly recently. So uh, I am not going to put points here. But if you haven't heard points, it's on uh, my band's album, Bright Red Boots. And it is a song about, um, you know, just like communicating and struggling to communicate. It's not exactly about this, uh, but there is is a, a longing for a uh, a being heard, I think that is that is at the heart of it. Um, so, but yeah, I I realized I discovered that I have never actually put our hit song on on the on the blogcast. Um, Bright Red Boots had a song that was, it's not, I mean when I say it hit, it, we, it didn't wasn't on the radio. 
we didn't we didn't get like a bunch of album sales or whatever or single sales. I don't think we even had single sales at that point, but um but it was the song that everyone was like play that song. Like, you know, you know when you have a hit, like a song that everybody responds to and likes and is the one that you play to to please people. Uh and that song was sexy. Um and it is, you know, I think we all understand and relate to the feeling of feeling like uh, an idiot in front of someone we find attractive. Um, but there is underneath it a sense of like, there's a whole section where I, where I'm just, I like, I'm just talking like a lot, like, and, and that is the other side of feeling silenced is that if you get an opportunity to talk, sometimes you feel very insecure about it and you say too many words and you go blah, 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 blah because you can't, you're not used to being heard. And so if someone starts listening to you, then you just say things and you can become very self-conscious. Anyway, that's at the heart of, of, uh, of sexy. Um, so I will put that here at the end shortly. And um, what else do I need to tell you? Next week's blogcast is going to feature some uh, lots of swearing. And I don't know what song. It's actually not lots of swearing. It's just one swear over and over again. Um, but I don't know. I'm not sure yet what song I'm going to put there. Uh, I'm exploring the idea of of doing um, King Missile's detachable penis <laughs> just because it makes me laugh. I don't know. It's not really a song. It's more like a spoken word situation. But anyway, I'm thinking about that. But it, uh, but it, any other uh, ideas you might have, please send them my way if you've already read uh, the most recent post. And um, yeah. I, I, I think that's it. Thank you for listening. Um, this particular blogcast feels like it has a little bit of that blah, blah, blah quality for me. I think because this feels a little bit fraught, I don't know what it is about it. There's something about labeling the, the struggle of communication that feels um, loaded in some way. Um, so this may be longer than I mean, <laughs> just because I'm like trying to pull it apart a little bit anyway. Um, so if you like the podcast, that's awesome. Um, please tell someone about it, share it on the social media. Um, you can, uh, also support the podcast financially. Uh, there's patreon.com slash Emily R. Davis. There's also Kofi and PayPal. All those links are in the show notes. Um, we have one last episode of The Dragoning, which is still not out. Um, we, there's a, there's a lot, just a lot going on with everybody. And it, it's been hard to get this, this last episode going. But I have listened to a first draft of it. And uh, I think it's going to be worth the wait. So it's coming, I think, by next week. So if you haven't started listening to The Dragoning yet, get on that. Um, links for that are also in the show notes. Uh, if I haven't said before, and I'm sure I have, but it's an audio drama uh, about women who turn into dragons. So check that out. Uh, we just lost the Audioverse 
uh, finals. We did not make the finals. So, you know, I'll add that to my rejection list. But it was so nice for people to vote. It was really, really so kind. And um, thank you to everyone who voted for that. And uh, you can rate, review, and subscribe this, uh, subscribe to this podcast uh, also. And that's also very nice. So thank you to those who have done that. And uh, meanwhile, here is a song from quite a bit ago from the band, from Bright Red Boots. Uh, Again, Bright Red Boots featured me on guitar and on vocals. Uh, And it featured Vince Ritchie on guitar. And uh, he makes a song sound in this as well. Uh, And then there's um, Lexi Devon is on percussion and George Hennick is on tuba. So here is Sexy. I try to hide desire on my face. Somehow you're not part of the human race because you're Sexy, so sexy. I try to look calm and be real cool, but end up quickly talking like a fool because you're sexy, so sexy. Sexy. 